You are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you are interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of Us needs and appreciates all your support. What they have in the Australian water, but between this, the Babadook, and the dry, I'm starting to think this country knows how to make quiet, slow-burn, powder-keg thrillers better than anyone else. I know Melina's seen the dry. Yes, I have. Has anyone seen the Babadook in here? Yes. I have seen the Babadook. Many, many times. Actually, kind of one of the reasons I wanted to jump on this one, because I was like, oh my god, I love Essie Davis. Yes. Nitram is a biographical psychological drama directed by Justin Curzel, director of Michael Fassbender's Macbeth. From a screenplay by Sean Grant, the film revolves around the life and behaviors of a disturbed young man simply called Nitram. He lives with his mother and father, both of whom have been beaten down and diminished by raising this boy in suburban Australia in the mid-1990s. Nitram is an antagonistic young man who is very much out of control. He lives his life in isolation and frustration and never being able to fit in. That is, until he unexpectedly finds a close friend in a reclusive heiress, Helen. But Nitram's loneliness and anger grows, and he begins to slowly descend into madness, culminating in the events of his involvement in the 1996 Port Arthur mass shooting in Tasmanian Australia. I am TCD Witt of the Screener Squad, and I'm joined to discuss this film by Melina. Hey, how you doing? Sarah Jane. Hey now. And Jenna. Howdy ho there, neighbors. All right. Does anyone want to try and land a joke to start this off? Uh, uh, can we just not be here <laughs> for one time? Can America have some goddamn grace? Jesus. <laughs> yes. I just wanted to break the tension here because this is a true story based on the mass shooting that led to Australia banning assault rifles and the reason why they haven't had a mass shooting mm-hmm. since wow. i have a lot of facts about the actual incidents as well as the repercussions of this incident but let's just talk about this film first this stars caleb landry jones who some people might recognize as banshee from x-men first class <laughs> or the piece of shit brother from get out judy <laughs> davis who i recognized from barton fink se davis from the babadook which was just referenced up top and anthony lapeglia from without a trace well, I'm going to say right up front that I had to watch this in two separate sittings, not for any other reason than I got busy and had to put it on hold and watch the second half yesterday. And in between my two viewings, I really could not stop thinking about this. This is riveting, yeah. You mentioned the dry up front, which is another very quiet, very enigmatic thriller that came out last year. If this movie has any similarities to that, that I would compliment, it is that sense of quietly running out its fuse and you are mm-hmm. terrified to see where it is ultimately going. Especially if you know where it's going. I started this movie not knowing it was based on a real event and as I started taking notes and getting information, I found that this is about this mass shooting. And that just made the movie all the more tense because I'm watching this thing unfold, just becoming more and more 
very much concerned about what's going to happen here. It's a very upsetting watch mm -hmm. for that reason. I've seen a lot of films that covered real life events when it comes to mass shootings. I believe it became Elephant was one. I think it was like part of a trilogy where the director had this fascination with like real life events and putting them on film. And I always am kind of skeptical because I feel like these things are better suited for a documentary mm -hmm. just because with film, there's a lot of interpretation about these type of subjects are controversial to say the least. Yeah. But this film and the actor in it completely engrossed me. This to me is hands down probably one of my top films for mm -hmm. this year. Wow. The cinematography in it is absolutely stunning. I'm a sucker for landscapes and this film had a way of putting me in the day in a life but I wasn't bored. You're like a fly on the wall literally. You're just watching this person go through their day to day and although you may know where it leads there was still this feeling of unpredictability and unease. Like someone grabbing a steering wheel while you're driving. That sort of unpredictability. <sighs> Man. It's almost exactly like that. This person playing this character, how the character is written, it's written in a way that doesn't make you have empathy for them in a way where you want to feel bad for them, but it does elicit empathy in a way where, yeah, this person definitely needed help. Yeah. Some serious help. Should have definitely been in an institution. Mm -hmm. Definitely should have gotten the mental services they needed, and they didn't. Yeah. And this is a failure on us all. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. I didn't feel bad for this person, but it was just, to some extent, it allowed me to understand their entire, like, just thought process. Yeah, this is a failure on the mental health care system, not just in Australia, but in the world at large and how we treat that and how the similarities between what we see in this movie and what America has faced time and time again is upsetting, to say the least. I can't dismiss the parents from being at fault for this because his mother, played by the wonderful Judy Davis, who was amazing, yes, she said is. they were beaten down by him, and I guess they were, but they just let him run. I mean, she was really strict, but the father was like, here, you are naughty, but have your fireworks back. Yeah, they were not working as a team to take care of this kid who is clearly disturbed. Right. They tried playing good cop, bad cop, much to the detriment right. of everyone. So I think the dad was trying, but the mom was a piece of work. <laughs> I mean, when that one scene where she gets him to come back over and she just watches smoking her cigarette while I don't want to spoil what he's doing to the father, but it's just like, holy shit, why aren't you stepping in? It's very telling, that scene and many others. But if I can echo what TC said, the word that I used in my notes was beaten down for both of them, yeah. the father and the mother. You can tell right off the bat, just the three of them sitting down to eat dinner in the first scene, you see exactly what this family dynamic looks like mm -hmm. in regard to how all three of them relate to each other individually. You can tell she loves her son, but at the same time, you can tell she is very emotionally blocked off from him. There's a part of her that is resigned to him. Whereas the father, on the other hand, he's the good cop. He wants to show empathy. He wants to believe that he can reach his son through compassion by making him happy in whatever ways he can. You'll, you'll take over the land after I pass. Yeah. Here's your fireworks back. We're friends, right? Yeah, but you can tell there's dishonesty on both of their parts because neither of them have truly confronted what's going on with him. Neither of them really want to admit what is going on. And you feel sympathy and frustration for them. And that's a testament to the performance of Vicera Jean. You were saying Judy Davis, who's just amazing. And mm -hmm. Anthony LaPaglia, who, if there's anybody in, in this that I had a emotional connection to, it really was him. Wow, yeah. really? Mm -hmm. I couldn't help it. 
I just, I clung to him like a life raft. I was like, oh my God, somebody who seems like they have the slightest bit of compassion. There wasn't a lot of love between the husband and wife also. Clearly. So I think the father was really trying to connect emotionally with his child and get any kind of affection back. And even if he knew what he was doing was wrong, and I think he did, but he just needed to feel something because he wasn't getting it from her. For whatever reason, she shut them both off emotionally. Because I think, especially after when he went into his depression, she was like, I'm done. He's not a man anymore. I don't see him that way. And I'm done. I'm just going to let yeah. my son beat some sense into him, literally. I Wow. Okay. By the way, Kudos to the director, for sure. Because I, I imagine as a director covering this type of topic in, in this incident, to be able to summarize as best you can the family dynamics, because I'm pretty sure there's a lot missing, clearly. This is only an hour plus that they were able to capture the story. But actually, the mother is who I connected with the most. I mean, as a mother, <laughs> there was a scene where she's talking to his lady friend. But there's actually a really interesting story the real life story behind that is a lot more interesting than what they showed in the film which I was surprised at because there was multiple people in her home that they didn't show there was just a lot of information they left out actually so I'm pretty sure that's where they took their kind of creative liberties freedom yeah but in that scene where she was talking to her about her son it was also clear that she was very much afraid of him it was very much fear and to fear your own child mm -hmm. is something that I think is like the biggest horror movie of all time we've seen it with the omen there's a lot of movies that talk about this idea of fearing your own child fearing something that you carry for nine months and the guilt that you must carry because it came from you right this came from you and the fact that this kid who in this portrayal i think it was more accurate i saw less disturbed and more so i was just like it seems like this person i was like is he autistic it seemed like he had an actual disability and yeah. then when i read up about him he did actually have the iq of it was i think it's like a 13 year old 11 year old Boy. Yeah. yeah. Our 11-year-old. So it's just like you're letting a child, a literal child, like you're trying to act like he's an adult when he doesn't have the capacity to even understand things like an adult. So for me with the mother, her performance was Jesus Christ. Hmm. I wish I could have been in that reading room there reading that script because her performance, <laughs> it was really, it blew me away. That was some Oscar worthy performances and I just can't imagine being a mother. Yeah. That's your offspring. <laughs> like, holy shit. Shades of, we need to talk about Kevin in a movie like this when dealing with yes. a kid who's clearly yeah. beyond your control and mm -hmm. the apathy that you see oozing from this woman. And yeah, when mom or mom, as she's titled in the movie, speaks to Helen, the significance or the friend of Nitram, she asks her, is he a son to you or is he a husband to you? Almost challenging her. Like, do you know what you're getting yourself into? Yeah. Right. It's conversations like that throughout the course of the movie where the tension is built between these incredible performances yes. really judy davis every time i see her which unfortunately is not enough especially in this day and age every time i hear her do an australian accent which is apparently her native accent it right. reminds me say, that she's australian i always forget that <laughs> she's incredible at it and seeing her play this quiet very subdued but almost threatening presence she's a firecracker herself yeah yes she mm. is and you are afraid of her, but at the same time, I think this woman has more understanding of who her son is and what he is potentially capable of than anybody else would care to admit to him or themselves. And in a way, that does bond you to her. You're like, you are kind of carrying the burden of understanding that this person 
is dangerous or could be dangerous if they were given the opportunity. And as Sarah said, the burden and the blame. Mm -hmm. Right, because she does nothing about it. So Yeah, she did. This same director, I don't know if you guys watched Snowtown from 2011. Yes. Yeah, it's the same director. And so that is also another true crime. So that's why I actually picked this one, because I thought, ooh, that one was really good, but super dark. Yeah, Krizel has this affinity and a knack for telling stories about dysfunctional families, because I mentioned his Macbeth. Mm -hmm. He does a masterclass in dysfunction in that as well. <laughs> and he's married to S.E. Davis, by the way. Oh, oh is he? Oh, mm -hmm. Well, Melina, you mentioning accents here. Caleb Landry taught himself and perfected his Australian accent during COVID. I'll say he did. Yeah. As this movie began, and I saw it was an Australian film, I thought two things. One, I didn't know he was Australian. Exactly. And, <laughs> and two, he's really gross looking. But the fascinating thing about him being Texan and perfecting an Australian accent and getting to be in a movie like this, Australia, as a country that produces film, is very protective and very much likes to keep their films Australian. So to have an American come mm -hmm. in and play this very infamous individual was a mm -hmm. bold move. Understandable so. I don't think they want anybody from their own country representing. So oh, yeah, maybe oh, that's true. Someone didn't want it. <laughs> it's like, Americans know this. You guys know this topic very well. He's from know? Texas. He's shot guns before. Yeah, he got it. <laughs> but here's the thing. This movie was made without the express approval of the survivors or even Australia as a whole. No one wanted this movie made. Yeah. Tasmania, where the actual mass shooting took place, they actually refused to market or screen this when it was first released. Understandably. Yes, understandably. Of the controversy that is surrounding this movie that I'm aware of, when I hear things like, yeah, this was made without the consent or consultation of the survivors or families, and that this was, at the time that they even were considering making it, kind of throwing up red flags around that community. It's not something I can fault anyone who would come in and criticize this film just for its very existence. Well, the final card of this movie tells us that as of release, there's more firearms owned in Australia than in 1996, which this is mm -hmm. an upsetting movie mm -hmm. from a gun conversation perspective as much as mental health. But this is actually misleading because University yep. of Sydney did a study that shows that while people with gun licenses are buying more guns, the number of people with gun licenses is actually going down. And the proportion of Australians who hold gun licenses have declined by 48% since this happened. And the proportion of Australian households with firearms has fallen 75% in recent decades. What about the people who have guns without a license? I mean, I'm more apt to believe the movie than just one study that yes. talks about licenses specifically. And there specifically is what this movie, and I do not mean this as a pun, but triggered in me, is the conversation about gun control and gun violence. Four days after this happened, the prime minister told parliament, we need to achieve total prohibition and ownership, possession, sale, and importation specifically of automatic and semiotic weapons. And 12 days after it happened passed across the board the National Firearms Agreement that has been sustained ever since. And since that was put into action, there has not been a mass shooting of more than six people since. Hmm. Some would argue that there's no way to prove that this agreement was the cause of that, but I have a pretty good feeling that less guns equal less mass shootings. Really? I have not seen the math actually be demonstrated on that one. Oh, sorry. Ever. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> 
But Sarah Jane, you are right. This is a conversation about the illegally purchased ones because there is a frustrating scene in this movie about the acquisition <sighs> yep. of weapons. Money talks. Oh, yeah. You show a big pile of money and you can have whatever you want. Same, mm-hmm. over, same over here. Yeah. Yeah. One of the most infuriating moments of the whole film, and I did look this up to verify it, apparently around the time that the mass shooting in Port Arthur happened, it went down exactly like it portrays it. He walked in, he had a big duffel bag full of cash, they gave him all the guns he wanted, despite the fact that he came right out and said that I don't have a license. They just said, well, do you plan to register them? Because... That was their biggest concern. Not, well, do we have somebody who is a potential problem walking around with high-powered weapons, but if he registers them, this could fall back on us. Mm-hmm. Sure enough, that's exactly how it happened. Apparently, that gun shop was seized very shortly after the shootings happened. Good. And, yeah, absolutely. It was very quickly shut down. But around that time, Tasmania was one of the last states or counties in, forgive me, Australians, if I'm using the wrong terms, I've never been there. They were the last to actually enforce gun registration and licensing and also the last to actually enforce it at all. They still, of all the counties in Australia, have the highest gun sales. Incredible. It's almost like people don't learn their lesson. Well, what did we learn from this movie? Let's move into some final thoughts here. Sarah, why don't you go first for us? Well, first of all, and this movie, again, proves my point that if you want to go to Australia, then be prepared to die. Because, I mean, that country between the animals and the outback and just everything, no, I'm never going to that country. But as a film, it looked great. The actors were great. It was a good film, but I don't think it needed to exist. There's no point to this movie being made at all. I think this guy, the director, likes to do these true crime things, and he's fascinated with killers, and that's great. But especially as the families didn't want this made, no one wanted this made except for him and his ego, I guess. So I'm of the school there who thinks that this movie doesn't need to be. Again, it looks great, everybody's acted great, but I don't see a reason for it existing. I will give it, though, six Caleb Landry Jones Australian accents out of ten. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. That's all right. (laughs) Jenna. Uh, I actually agree with Sarah. This felt like a movie that I would have watched in high school for a political science class. Very well shot, very well directed, very well acted. But I feel like if you're going to make a film that nobody wants, it needs to have a more emotional and cultural impact as to where you're actually saying something versus just recounting traumatic events that folks would not like to think about. There is partially a lot to blame with the Australian culture, just like American culture. Don't think I won't drag my own country because I will. I gladly will drag America for filth, for absolute filth. Let me not go there. Um, But it's like, you don't want to talk about it, but that's also the issue that was happening in this movie because everybody was just not trying to acknowledge this person. And when you try to not acknowledge things, you stay in denial. You don't want to talk about it. Things like this just makes for the perfect storm. So maybe instead of avoiding and not wanting to talk about it, we cultivate a space where not only are we getting the help to the people that need it, to the families that need it, but we're also honoring the lives that were lost because they should not be forgotten. The story does need to be told. 
I didn't know the director didn't get the permission from folks and I wish he would have just so that families could be able to tell their story. But again, you know, people don't want to hear about the victim stories. They're always fascinated with the killer. So very, very uh, Western of us. All in all, apart from the controversy, though, I still think this film was amazingly done. I watched it like three times. It was Caleb Landry Jones, I hope I'm saying his name right. Shout out to being a Sagittarius. Amazing talent, of course. Of course. <laughs> Great acting, Oscar-worthy performances all around. And if you do want to know about this incident, this is a film that doesn't also traverse into exploitation, Correct. which I'm actually am happy about. Like they weren't praising this person at all. Never. I do thank the filmmakers for not making this person out to be someone we should empathize with, nor that this should be someone you look up to. So they handled it with as much care as they could. So my rating is seven out of 10 times. I wanted to yell at his lady friend, my girl. That's not normal behavior. Like, <laughs> right? What's not clicking? What's... I, I think she had some issues also that were discussed. Yes. Melina. Yeah. yeah, you can have the discussion pretty much all day about whether or not films like this need to exist, whether they should be made. Little fun fact, there is a short film out there called Les Rook, which is literally about two people walking down a street about to go watch this movie Knit Ram and discussing whether or not this should have been made or whether films like this should be made. Wow. It came out just ahead of this, and it is an interesting discussion that these people have. It's four minutes long. I would argue that conversation should be a bit longer, but... All that aside, but for better or worse, this movie, Knit Ram and others like it, they are out there. They do have an audience. And I ultimately have to decide, well, it's out there. What do I think of what they gave me? And like you guys said, from a technical standpoint, a beautifully made film, honestly, like in terms of the way this is structured and put together, I have nothing but praise for it. The acting is incredible, especially from Caleb Landry Jones. I think this was kind of a perfect role for him. No offense. Um, I hope he does not take offense <laughs> to right. that. Most um, serial killers are Sagittarius. <laughs> the question that was kind of burning in my mind after I had finally finished this was why? Why ultimately did you decide to make this? As you said at the opening, this is very much fly on the wall. It's matter of fact to the point where we never actually are asked to not only sympathize for this person, but even ultimately understand where they got from point a to point B. And that's fine because I think that's a very honest portrayal. There's not an ounce of pretension. There's not a thesis behind this. I think it's just telling a very honest story. I think that was ultimately its only point. If you want to watch this from a filmmaking standpoint, if you are curious about the human condition, even the most disturbing form of it, then I think this is absolutely worth your while. I think you will enjoy this. And I really did. It's not one I'm going to go back and rewatch anytime soon, but if this starts getting more accolades, I have absolutely no issue with it. But I will never argue with anybody who does from a personal standpoint. Very, very touchy subject, but I respect it as a form of art as it exists. So I'm going to give this 8 out of 10 Australian accents that I think I've gotten better at since I did the dry review. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. I just wonder why didn't he make this a documentary if he's so that fascinated with this story? He could have made a documentary and also then talked to the survivors and their families and got that perspective. Yeah. It could have been a lot more interesting. They probably didn't even want to do that. I wonder with his Macbeth, I wonder if he does have a fascination with the deconstruction of a mind. 
because that's very much what Macbeth is. That's very much about yeah. his library film seems to be. So he probably saw this as an opportunity. I'm just guessing as an opportunity to dissect a character, but there is some insensitivity in that. Sure. The conversation is being had right here. And because of this sort of film is the reason I feel films like this should exist. And as a film, this is produced impeccably from script to scream Caleb Landry Jones were all singing praises for him right here. It's just a cold, scary performance and very solid performances from Judy Davis, Essie Davis, and Anthony LaPeglia as well. It is a very, very well-made movie. But this is a haunting, intense, and upsetting-as-hell story that unfolds quietly, which makes it that much more terrifying. And even if you aren't aware of where this movie is going, you can see the trajectory of this deeply disturbed young man What's even more upsetting is the reality of this. Not just that this is based on actual events, but how goddamn unsurprising it is, considering the events that have happened in America again and again and again. And it stirs up painful feelings in regards to mental health and the conversation on guns and gun violence. My heart was racing as this movie builds, especially as it's approaching the climax. As a character study, it's great filmmaking, but as a story, it's just too damn horrible to give a glowing recommendation to, especially, especially if you have any sort of relationship with mental health or gun violence. Oof. It's really, really well done movie. So much bad presented so well, and I'm giving Nitram eight out of ten red flags. My God, don't give him a Volvo. Are you kidding? Yeah, he, he definitely brought a new meaning to Jesus take the wheel. Jeez. <laughs> oh, God damn. <laughs> I do want to just put it out here real quick that mental health is a very serious issue and not enough people feel comfortable speaking about it. If you need help for yourself or for someone in your life, there are countless resources available. And please find help if you think you need it.